Okay. Notes. You ready? Uh-huh. Oh, you put a line in. Wow, rude. <laughs> I mean... You get into the dog first one time and you suddenly think that you're in charge of everything. Maybe you should host <laughs> this podcast. Do you want to do the intro? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, okay. Um... Welcome to Turn About Breakdown, a podcast where Diego and I play the Ace Attorney games case by case and talk about them. I have played the Ace Attorney games probably like six or seven times and Diego is on his first ever playthrough. Today we finished off the Stolen Turnabout, which was a very fun case, a very fun case to split in two. So last, uh, two weeks ago we talked about saving Ron Delight from his theft charges, and now we are saving him from a murder charge by basically going back and undoing all of the things that we already proved. How did you feel about the ending of this case, Diego? I don't know, I think I like it for the most part. Once again, I was very glad to have the knowledge of decade-olds walkthroughs to guide me <laughs> because it was i mean some of the answers and some of the stuff that you had to do were like super uh not great did you find that i i didn't notice that on this one so i'll be interested to hear about that yeah i mean there were a couple of ones i think i did like half of the second part of the game uh of the case i think i did half of it like without a walkthrough and then i got lost and i was like okay what am i missing here and it was like oh yeah you're missing like this new room that appeared behind all of these, like, paths from, like, the law office. Uh huh. I think it was, like, oh, yeah, it was a new, like, security room. But right, I yeah. kept thinking, like, the wrong path and, like, it wasn't showing it for me. And then there was, like, this thing you had to, like, press, like, two and four in, like, during a cross-examination. And then you had to go back and press the third one. Oh, right, yeah. For, like, something else to happen. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. I think they do that quite a lot from, like, here on out, so, yeah. Thank you, RPG site, for <laughs> walkthrough. Shout out to Guides Writers. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot imagine, like, doing guides for, like, a Saturday game. It would be... Uh... Yeah, a lot of the time, like, yeah, it's not easy to know exactly what you need to do. Like, even if you go ahead, you can be like, oh, what did I have to do everything that I did to get here? Or whether I could have skipped some stuff, so... Yeah, I was thinking about that. Because, I mean, you can be like, oh, yeah, you can... Like, for example, this is for, like, this, I don't know, psyche log or whatever. It's like, talk to this person, go here, do this, and, I don't know, grab this piece of evidence. But maybe you just need the piece of evidence and that's it. Yeah. But, I mean, do folks, like, restart everything and, like, take a different approach? Because that would take forever for, like, everything. I don't I know. I don't know. Like, nowadays, that there's the transcript and stuff. You can, like, double-check everything. But someone had to get that in the first place, so... True. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just imagining, like, an Ace Attorney 7 and somebody being like, hey, do you want to do guys on this? Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I would not like to do that. Hmm. Well, in this one, as I said, we were trying to unprove everything that we proved in the first half, which is a very fun setup for this case, I think. And so we start this one with an investigation. There's some weird stuff that happens at the beginning of this case, which is they kind of do a recap of second game, second case. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Oh, reunion and turnabout, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which was the case where Maya was accused of killing Dr. Gray. Yeah. And the whole point of that case was like, oh, 
Maya at the beginning thought that maybe it was her fault because the spirit she was channeling committed the murder. So then she was like, oh, well, that was my own fault for not being a good enough channeler. And they kind of imply that that was true in this when they do the recap. They don't talk about Eenie Meenie at all, even though she was the real murderer. And I was like, um, that defeats the whole point of that case. So I thought it was weird for a recap, right? Especially because some people might not have played that game. So like, you really don't know what happened. Uh, and it's just like, oh, like, I feel like you would get the impression like, oh, Maya accidentally killed someone while like under the influence of spirit channeling, especially because this game hasn't really talked too much about how spirit channeling works. So they kind of say like, oh, a spirit can like overpower the person whose body they're in and stuff. I don't know, just the way it was presented was just like, oh, okay, like, I understand we're getting, like, a recap of what happened, we're getting, like, some, like, again, for people who haven't played the other two games, like, some information about, you know, Korean Village and the channeling technique and stuff. Sure. But I feel like they should have been like, oh, good thing it turned out to not be that. <laughs> yeah, and it's also, like, not a necessary recap for, like, this case. They already talk about, like, the village and the urn and whatever. So it's like, I don't know why this is being told again. Like, being wrongly told again. <laughs> That's true. Like, see, I think it could have been done well because it was like, oh, Maya's still, like, affected by that, right? Um, And they oh, talk yeah. about how she hasn't been back to the village for a while because Pearl goes off to check that the urn is, like, the right urn that they got back, right? And I think it's, like, a nice... It, it should be, like, a nice moment for Maya to be like, oh, like, she's been away from the village for a while, like, obviously she doesn't really want to go back there because of what happened and stuff like that, and kind of discussing the impact that it had on her. But then, by making it sound like like she was kind of responsible for what happened, it just makes it seem so much worse. <laughs> yeah. But yes, after that we go back and speak to Desiree and basically my whole theme for playing this half of the case was just like, maybe Ron Delight is one of my favourite characters in the whole Ace Attorney series. Whoa, okay. Yeah, like, I don't know, this case is just so, like, like one of my favourite, like, you know, not main characters, right? Um, I know I just spent so much time in the first case talking about how much Mia is the best character to exist of all time, which is clearly true. But Ron Delight is one of my favourite, like, you know, non-main characters for this series. So we go and speak to Desiree and uh, we get the story of how she and Ron met, which is that she was working in a store of some kind and she got... Uh, held up by some robbers and Rod basically like just screamed at them until they went away <laughs> uh, and like and like stood up to them basically and she's like yeah I fell in love with them immediately and Phoenix is like I guess I'd fall in love too which was very funny yeah I think it's very funny especially compared with like Phoenix in the first case right where he fell in love with Dahlia immediately according to that like flashback and she didn't even do anything <laughs> like she didn't stand up to anyone or anything like that so I guess he's just like, like, quick. I don't know what the word for that is. <laughs> I mean, maybe he just, wa- I don't know, he just likes to be scream at. <laughs> I won't, I won't King shame. But, but Rod didn't scream at Desiree, he screamed at the other people. Well, I mean, he said like, I fall in love too, I guess. Maybe it's related to that, I don't know. That's my <laughs> theory that I just came up with. Maybe. I uh I read a fanfic once that was entirely based on this line where um <laughs> it was like a Phoenix Edgeworth shipping fic, right? And oh, okay. it was about yeah, it wasn't based on Ron, although I bet that also exists, but um no that's not true because no one wants to break up Ron and Desiree. They're like the best straight couple in this game. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, yeah, it was a Phoenix Edgeworth fic, but they were like, yeah, I just based it entirely on that line where Phoenix was like, if someone rescued me, I'd fall in love with them. So it's like about Edgeworth rescuing Phoenix from like some kind of kidnapping situation. No. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I just thought it was funny that like someone saw that one line and was like, I must apply this to Phoenix Edgeworth immediately. <laughs> uh, shoutouts to fanfic writers, honestly. Yeah. You want to talk about the illustration they put in this? I mean, I don't know why it was so funny to me. <laughs> I mean, the illustration is like, it's a picture of the moment. I don't know who the fuck to that picture, but, you know, it's attorney. <laughs> Where you see, like, Desiree in between, like, both rowers and, like, just closer to the camera, uh, looking at his back, of Ron's back. You can see, like, his silhouette. And the three of them are, like, screaming in, like, this very, like, cartoony way. And the guy, <laughs> the rover on the right has like this, I don't know, like mask. He has like his eyes closed and he's like almost like screaming in pain. And the <laughs> whole thing looks like May Athletics. So it looks like a fucking head condom for some reason. And I was like, it why really is he wearing like a condom like that? And wait, let me, I think I have the tweet right here because somebody yeah. told me. I saw replied to you about that right and they were like oh well sometimes people put like pantyhose on their head to like obscure their features but it's not pantyhose because it's like closed at the top <laughs> it does it really does look like a condo <laughs> yeah yeah it was friend of the show shame slow who said that mm. yeah i don't know like, it's... they're right that is a thing but it's this does weird. not look like that it's no. fucked up i'm looking at the picture again right now and it's i'm trying to laugh not to to laugh not to <laughs> laugh okay too hard not to laugh yeah, I don't know, it's funny. That, that illustration as a whole is really, really funny. Like, it wasn't yeah. necessary, I think, but somebody went like, okay, yeah, I made this draft, and probably, like, a producer was like, okay, fine, just finish it, and <laughs> we'll add it in. Um, yes. Uh, so after we find out about this, we go to KB Security, which is where um, Ron used to work. We find out that he doesn't work there anymore. And this is where the murder took place. So when we get there, Gumshoe is there. There's a pun. Do you want to talk about this, Diego, once again? Um? You you wrote it in all caps. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wish you could talk about both of my notes. The the first one mm. being like, honestly, at this point, I don't think my weekend fully begins until I hear the gumshoe song. In every uh, notes talk that we do, I always say the same thing. Like, there's always like this comment where I go like, ah, the gumshoe song. And then the other is like, can it relate to it? There's like this weird back and forth between Maya and gumshoe. Uh, and at some point, Maya says, like, if the gumshoe fits. <laughs> and it was, like, so surprising and at the same time, like, so fucking funny. <laughs> and I basically wrote, like, very good Maya. Yeah, it was great. I like that. I was kind of mad because I was thinking, like, ah, I wish I would have thought of that <laughs> at some point. Yeah, I was going to say, you always recognize, like, other pun masters, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, it was so funny. And it's not, like, super elaborate. I don't want to take, I don't want to call it, like, low effort. <laughs> it wasn't a super elaborate. It's like one of the puns that I would do. I don't believe any of your puns are low effort. They are. <laughs> I mean, puns have to be low effort. Well, it made me think about another pun, which is like equally bad, that I'm not sure when I'm going to use. But I'm just going to like <laughs> save it and not tell you about it until like... Wow, a threat. No! <laughs> but How just... is it not? You've just been like, I have a pun and it's gonna hit you when you least expect it. It's like something to look forward to, not a threat. Mm, sounds like a threat to me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. 
it involves Pearl. So Pearl needs to be like the protagonist in some case. Mm. Yeah, she wasn't in the second half very much. The only thing she did was go and get the urn checked. So she went away at the beginning. And then even when she comes back, it's like, she's not really hanging around. No. Which is fine, because this is a murder investigation. So it goes back to what we were saying about, like, let Pearl <laughs> be a child. Yeah, I, I think that when she leaves, Phoenix is something like, doesn't she know that we are having, like, a, a murder investigation or something like that? Kind of, like, implying, being like, oh, how dare you to leave in a, in a time like this? <laughs> I'm like, no! That's the yeah, that's right true. thing to do. I think especially she says like something jokey or like or like have a good time or something like that. <laughs> and Phoenix is like, oh well, it's a murder investigation. It's like, yeah, well, she shouldn't be taking it seriously, really, should <laughs> yeah. she? Yeah. Yes. Uh. So after we speak to Gumshoe, we go and well, I guess this is where you got lost because we go to the security room and Larry is there. Yeah, I mean the navigation fuck me up uh it happens sometimes because i was like yeah i already talked to everyone i already presenting like evidence and profiles uh which i'm now like finally getting used to presenting them yeah but when i get stuck and everything seemed right like i i literally had like run out of options and yeah of course i had run out of options like fucking i was missing an entire room yeah um, it's funny you mentioned profiles because this has a very funny little like optional bit of dialogue that you can get from presenting a profile to Larry, uh, which I only found out about on Twitter like a few months ago, and I have had this like stored in my brain waiting for this case. Oh, I'm actually gonna read the tweet. So this happens if you show Larry uh, Ron's profile. Mm-hmm. Larry starts crying and says that he's not interested in men and that he regrets it and he's really sorry and he's gonna try and change his ways this is from the twitter aa underscore facts okay it's very funny he is so distraught about the fact that he is not attracted to men and that he wants to change which i don't you know larry we're not heterophobic here straight people have rights it's fine I mean, all I'm going to say about Larry in general, like, aside from this, I don't like that fucking courting that he, he does with uh, Maya during this case. I don't know why it yeah. happens, but it was like, mm, okay. I it mean, feels like they made Larry creeper in this game than he was in the other two. Yeah, I'm not sure why. I can't, I don't remember exactly. Maybe I'm just misremembering, but I don't think we ever mentioned it in the other ones. Like, okay, obviously in the other ones he's, like, obsessed with women, but he's not obsessed with, like... Maya, who's a child? Well, no, I think he does say, like... No, 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 because he never meets Maya in the first case because she's not there, so that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you show up on, like, the security room, he says something like, oh, I'm not usually the kind of guy for, like... He says, like, dates during the day or something like that, but he says, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then when they're talking about uh, the buzzer, I think it is, and they say, like, oh, yeah, if you press that button, like, a security guard will immediately, like, come for you. And he, like... Maya says something about it, and Larry says something like, I'm sure you have a buzzer in your heart, like, if you press it, I'll come <laughs> right right after you, or something like that. And I was like, okay, fine, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, and right at the beginning, like, Phoenix is like, okay, will you give us the information about, like, what happened here? And he's like, no, and Phoenix is like, weren't we, like, childhood friends? And Larry's like, I don't care about that, and then Maya's like, uh, will you tell us? And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll tell you, and it's like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this whole scene is kind of funny. Like, obviously that's just, like, bad, bad. It's just bad. But, like, this scene basically indicates that Larry was, like, 
obviously he wasn't the murderer, so I wouldn't say he was fully responsible. But he was really <laughs> supposed to um do his fucking job. Do basically. his job, and he didn't. And if he did, maybe the CEO would still be alive. <laughs> because, um, yeah, he was supposed to be, like, looking after the area. And, you know, when the buzzer was pressed, he was supposed to go running as a security guard. But he wasn't there because he was getting dumped by his girlfriend, basically. <laughs> Yeah, and then he didn't even check whether the buzzer had been pressed. So, like, we find that out, like, only when he goes to look it up now, right? Like, I don't know. I think genuinely Larry, like, if he didn't get somehow prosecuted or sued for this, he got off very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a line from Phoenix who says, like, it seems like Larry seems to be comparing for, like, the laziest man in the world or something like that. <laughs> it was, like, so fucking funny. But yeah, and I also like the, the notch about old bag being like his was. Yeah. Did you notice that... Uh, so I noticed last time that in the Delight's house is like old bag's uniform from the last game. You know, the weird like space helmet thing. Ah, no, I haven't. And I noticed it last time, and I was like, like, oh, Old Bag must show up later, but I'd forgotten her being in this case. And then, I, like, she obviously doesn't show up, but, like, they talk about her, right? So, yeah, I mean, she was the security guard in the last game, and now we found out what security company she works for, and apparently she's Larry's boss. And the reason that, if you click on the stuff now, um, it tells you that Ron asked to have them from her when she was done with them, and she said yes, which is kind of funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, but she never shows up. Apparently she's on holiday holiday yeah which it felt kind of funny to me because it was almost like oh yeah she was supposed to be here but the actor wasn't available or something but no i don't know what it would have been they just like didn't put her in for some reason yeah i guess we had larry so we already had one flashback kind of character not flashback but you know what i mean true yeah i mean i'm guessing she shows up again at some point so yeah well I yeah, mean, yeah i know you in... can't say anything but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as in you are guessing that, correct? <laughs> as in I heard what you said. <laughs> I approve. I approve. I approve, <laughs> I approve you saying words for no reason. Um. Yeah. So we go and speak to Ron in the detention center. Um. A few fun things happen here, which is that first, like he recounts like his. So he, he says, yes, I went to the CEO's office, but I didn't kill him. And he recounts what happens, and he says, oh, I saw this other figure for like a split second, but I couldn't tell you who it was, and then they like hit me over the head before I could tell, right? Mm -hmm. But they kind of show that on screen, and they show Atme's silhouette, and it's yeah. really obvious because he has that like <laughs> spiky hair. And it's the same, you know, they do this in a lot of the Phoenix Wright cases, we've talked about it before. They show the murder happening or whatever, so you know who it was, and then it's more just, you know, it's dramatic irony, you know, but the characters don't know. But this is just a funny time to do it i think i guess it's kind of again it goes back to another thing we've been talking about where it's like well there's enough characters introduced you know they're not going to introduce someone else who it was so it's going to be one of the characters who they've already introduced and like it wasn't going to be any of the others so you could pretty easily have guessed it was at me already right um yeah. so it's not like a spoiler or anything and like i said it's more just like dramatic irony but yeah i just thought it was funny to like do it in that moment yeah I mean, at some point I was kind of expecting to see, like, a third, like, suspect. But in retrospect, he has, like, this fucking, like, billion design from the get-go. Uh, so it's, like, <laughs> really, really not too hard to guess. Yeah. 
And then I really like the conversation that you kind of have from there where they're like, so are you really mask to mask? And he's like, I have been saying this this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) And so it turns out that, yeah, he didn't steal the urn, but like, yes, he was mask to mask this whole time. And he was telling the truth, which is very funny. And he turned to a life of crime because uh, Desiree loves to spend money and he just wanted to support her, but he got sacked from his job, so he couldn't. Uh, Ronda Light, best character best minor character in this game for sure i respect that yeah i would probably seem like that (laughs) and then the other funny thing about it is that he's like oh yeah i kind of got caught like straight away actually and someone started blackmailing me saying they knew who i was but they also just sent me all these really detailed plans of like how to carry out the heist so i just like went along with it it's just something about his character is just so (laughs) chef's kiss like there's so many like layers to how funny he is I was wondering, I think I didn't bring bring this up during the previous episode, it's just like a silly thing, but do you also see cinnamon rolls in his hair, oh, yeah. or it's just... Okay, yeah. okay. His cinnamon roll hair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ace Attorney characters all, like, almost all have weird hair, right? It's like weird names, weird hair, um, a lot of weird outfits, but I feel like the hair is the biggest thing, right? Actually, well, I think it's ramping up as we go through the games. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like, Atmi and Ron both definitely are, like, some of the weirdest ones we've seen so far. I mean, Atmi's hair is something I probably had at some point. <laughs> so, I'm not gonna say too much about it. <laughs> and so, after we've spoken to Atmi, Pearl shows up with the urn, and she's like, yeah, this is the real urn, but it's got pink paint all over it, which is kind of funny. Like, yeah, we kind of knew that already. And Maya and Pearl are both like, okay, let's go solve paint crimes now. And Ron <laughs> is like, um, <laughs> I have a murder trial tomorrow. <laughs> and then they just leave. Um, we do some psychologues. We have a psychologue about Adrian Andrews. Actually, okay, so I have a thing to say here and then I want to go back to something that you wrote because they are the same note but at different times. <laughs> okay. So when you break Adrian Andrews' psychologues, the sad Steel Samurai song starts playing, which I think is funny by itself, but the fact that they used that so much in the last case, in the last case that Adrian Andrews is in, you know, the fourth case of the second game, when they were talking about such serious stuff and it really didn't fit at all with the tone, has kind of ruined that song for me. So now when they played it, I was just like, this feels really awkward. Um, but yeah, she admits to breaking the urn and they play like a sorry sounding song underneath, which by itself would be okay. But yeah, the associations with how it was done last time did not work. (laughs) And then you wrote the song after the mention of the blackmail letters, hello? And I don't know what that was. Um, it was a new song that I recall. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a, Mm. a completely new song. I think it was just like talking to Ron in the attention center, I think, but yeah, it it was weird. Yeah, it's a weird time to introduce a new song. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I literally, like, can't recall it from, like, other games. No, I don't blame you, like, it's hard to remember, but... uh, It sounds, like, made for this game, because it has, like, that uh, that style that they've been going for. Hmm. I was like, oh, wow, this is great. (laughs) But, I mean, if I were to, like, search for it now... I'll probably get spoiled that Phoenix like dies in the, in the next game or <laughs> fucking water, so I'm not gonna do. Um, yeah, don't do that. Uh, so I think we are ready for the trial, right? Do you have anything else for the investigation here? I don't think so. No. Cool. We go into the trial. It's time once again for Godo. 
Um, you mentioned this like at one point, and Godo and Phoenix have like really good back and forth in this trial. And I guess in general, it's just a fun rivalry, right? Like we've had a different rivalry in every game between Edgeworth and Phoenix, Francisco and Phoenix, and Godo and Phoenix, right? Um, and they're always good. So it's impressive to like pull it off three times, I think. Yeah, I think Godo is like more like aggressive in his response. Mm. It's not like. A fucking Edgeworth who like just waits for the right time to say something. <laughs> like his theatrics or whatever. Like go just like is the drinking coffee and like trying to like find your like the, the smallest detail or like the smallest thing you're trying to like say in court. Yeah. And I really like that. Yeah. Mm. There's a moment, right, where um I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but it's in the same sort of theme, so we can talk about it now. When Phoenix is like, it's Luke at me who was the murderer, but he's about to be found guilty of the theft so if he does that he'll have a really good alibi which was by the way which was Ronda Light's plan in the first place which is very funny <laughs> and Godo is like oh well they're gonna be doing the verdict on that soon but like it was that moment like he was like oh do you have any proof for it but it wasn't like in the same way that both Edgeworth and Francisco would have been like stalling just to try and get Phoenix to run out of time you know like it really feels like he was trying to be like fair about it like okay well you better hurry up but like I'm not deliberately trying to slow you down or anything you just need to like prove there's a good reason that we should go and interrupt that trial yeah like it felt very reasonable in a way that like Edgeworth and Francisco you know would have been like really like they would have been playing dirty a little bit more I thing <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. so i thought that was like a, a nice like moment for Godo, where it was like just kind of showing his different characterization in that way yeah yeah and not to like jump even more ahead but there's like another moment where he's like like you're basically like about to lose and you kind of like without spoiling like what happens you... well you can spoil it because we're doing the whole case yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's basically just like picking out from what you just say, like him being like more reasonable than mm. uh, Francisca and Edgeworth being like, okay, fine, like you can have like another cross examination. Yeah. And I think even like, like, look at me, it's like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, <laughs> doesn't pay like too much attention to me and just like lets you go on, uh, which yeah. is interesting because it doesn't happen like that <laughs> usually. It feels like he's more like, you know, how Edgeworth was in the last case of the last game where he was like so dramatic about the fact that he he was being fair now whereas Godo is just like yeah like this is how I do things kind of thing yeah. <laughs> uh, which is fun as long as he can drink his coffee he doesn't exactly. care but only 17 in one trial so there is a time limit only 17 yeah <laughs> So going back, like we start with a Ronda Light testimony. And again, like I just really loved his testimony in this. Like he, the first thing he does when he gets on the stand is like, Godo is like, so did you do it? And he's like, yes. And then he's like, wait, no. <laughs> like he was just so intimidated. Oh, he's so funny. And then like, when you ask him questions, he's really like, I don't know. Just like his whole character is so funny to me. And eventually he reveals that like, um, yeah, so he never heard the buzzer go off, right? So he must have been unconscious. And so Phoenix is like, well, then who hit the buzzer? Because the CEO died immediately. So yeah, so there must have been someone else there. And um, obviously Godo is like, oh, well, who was it? But they had just shown at me silhouette again, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> it was like, well, okay. Like you, as I said earlier, you kind of know anyway, but yeah, not really, not really a hard, thing to present in that one and then so obviously we go and interrupt luke atme's trial which is being carried out by a different judge oh, only ever seen one judge. So 
he's like completely he he has like the same pose like he's the same fucking i think like sprite but it's like his face is different and his hair is different like he actually has hair sorry to the judge but he's different <laughs> it's like as soon as uh i finish or something like hey we have to start the story he, he also like this surprise face and me like basically just like hey who the fuck is this clown <laughs> it was so 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 funny like it was like basically the exact same room but with a different church. I don't know why it seemed like so. Uh, it was like unexpectedly funny, I think, for me. One thing that I thought was funny about it is like, okay, so you've got Luke at me on the stand. You've got Winston Payne being the prosecutor, which is Oh, fun. yeah, 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 yeah. It's the first time we've seen Winston Payne outside of a tutorial case. We've got this new judge who, like you said, is kind of like a new skin for the old judge. <laughs> and then we never see the defense attorney because only one defense attorney exists and his name is Phoenix Wright. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he was, I don't know, Apollo or something like that. And I don't know been. about the timeline. Uh, actually, with timeline, no, it couldn't have been. But <laughs> okay, okay. Um, no, I just think it's funny because like... We just never hear about any other defense lawyers. And also imagine being that defense lawyer and then Phoenix Wright runs it. Like, surely <laughs> you've heard about this guy. And you're about to lose the case, right? Like, Luke Atme is just about to be found guilty. And, like, he already admitted to it all. And, like, he's, like, talking to Winston Payne and he's like, oh, like, you did a really good job and stuff. Like, he's he really wants to be found guilty, right? Yeah. Yeah, just imagine being that defense attorney, and then Phoenix Wright runs in and is like, no, actually, like, I'm <laughs> taking him to accuse him of murder, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, it's literally, like, just, like, an alternate universe, because fucking, like, half of the cases that we play are basically this, like, somebody else, like, saving us uh, from, <laughs> losing, from losing a case. That's true. Do you think there's fanfic about this? Oh, yeah, I'm sure there is. I don't know how you would look that up. Like, every time I look up fanfic on this show, or, like, when I'm doing the notes, it's just, like, looking at two characters paired together, which is easy to search for on AO3. I don't know how you would look up, like, this is the retelling of that story. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but speaking of being saved at the last minute, we have another, like, Mia showing up moment, which we technically have two, right? So... We have one where this is actually, so this actually happens just before we go and pull out me out of his trial, right? Mia shows up in like a, um, not a flashback, but like, like, I think Phoenix is like, oh, I heard her voice or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I forgot about this and I was like, oh yeah, it's just like Maya channeling her, right? Which has happened a bunch of times. But then apparently that's not what it was. And then they go into recess and Phoenix is like, yeah, I heard her voice. And Maya's like, oh yeah, because she's still alive in your heart. So I guess it was just Phoenix like remembering her advice type thing. But the way that it's portrayed is very strange. Like it's never been portrayed like that before in this series. So I don't really understand what that was. And then it's especially weird, right? Because at the very end of the trial, like she does show up through yep. Maya. And it is really important. Like Phoenix has basically given up at that point, which like this happens like twice per game. <laughs> Yeah, and she's like, okay, well, we're going to turn this case around because, like you said earlier, like, there's, like, a final cross-examination where Luke Atme has said some stuff which we didn't get to cross-examine, and then he does another testimony and, like, says some shit that he couldn't have known unless he was in the room. So once again, the moral of Ace Attorney is keep your goddamn mouth shut. Yeah. I also love how they occasionally present, like, these actual... I think they are, like, actual terms. I mean, like, oh, no, 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 this person is about to, like... <laughs> do this or like abide from like this law or whatever it's like yeah. oh so now you're acting like oh fucking serious when it's like 
So you're talking about double jeopardy, which is a real rule. I think it's not in every country. I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist in the UK, but it does exist in America is my memory. But I'm just doing that from having learned this when I played this game. <laughs> uh, like like 15 years ago, whatever the fuck. But double jeopardy is the rule that means that if you're found innocent of a case, you can't be retried for the same case. And they introduced this about Luke at me to be like, oh, well, if you fail to convict him now, like he'll never be convicted, which doesn't make any sense because he's not actually on trial for it. But then they... It's worth it because then at the end there's a very fun twist where they're like, oh yeah, Rondelite was mask to mask, but he can't be found guilty of it <laughs> because he already was found innocent of it, which is fun. I remembered that being a bigger deal in this case, so when they finally introduced it, I was like, oh, like I know I'm almost at the end of this case already. Like they really just put it in there at the end. Usually with stuff like that, they like foreshadow it right at the beginning, but I thought that was kind of funny. Um, you're right, it was just like, oh yeah, we're serious law now for like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun though, and it's worth it just for the like, oh, Ron got away with it. <laughs> and yeah, once uh, Luke at me admits to it, uh, the funniest thing about that, which I had no memory of, is like when he has his breakdown again, like it's exactly the same breakdown as the last time when he pretended to admit to being Master Mask, but they added in the earthquake effect which they like just shake the camera and a bunch which like they only used before as far as i remember for when they were doing like dl6 stuff where they were like oh there was an earthquake at the, at the <laughs> yeah. courtroom so yeah. in my brain i was just like oh this belongs to edgeworth what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> i thought he was about to like take off or something i don't know why because he like well he like rises up as well true like... yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the judge says it like that's exactly the same thing you said last time or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's a good breakdown. It's very like It's creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. I remember finding out after I played, like a long time after I played this, like a few years, that his music is called I Just Want to Be Loved, which is very dramatic. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it fits him really well in terms of like, he really wants attention, right? Um, Yeah, definitely. I think he's a fun villain. I think he's more fun, like the construct of this case is really fun, you know, where you first pin the theft on him. Well, it, he did do a theft to be fair. But then you have to, like, go back and be like, oh, he actually did the murder, and that was his whole alibi. Basically, he did that on purpose. I think that's a fun little, like, twist. Yeah. And the fact that he was blackmailing Ron, but also giving him all the information to carry out his plans, and then he was being blackmailed by the CEO. Like, it's it's fun. (laughs) It's a fun little set of events. Yeah, and then after the trial, Ron is just, like, really upset that Desiree will have found out that he was a thief. But you know what? She's chill with it. Yep. There's this fun moment where they're like talking about, oh, I don't remember exactly how it comes up, but there's like a metaphor for like the trust between them being broken. And he's like, once a bowl is broken, you can't put it back together. And yeah, I immediately knew what I had to present there. I was like, yeah, finally, <laughs> one time. Is, right? When you have to present the urn, it's like, I, I was like, okay, yeah, we're just playing along with this metaphor, but to be fair, this urn is fucked up. <laughs> like, it's covered in cracks, and, like, it's covered in paint and stuff, and I was like, I don't know about this as a metaphor. But then, Phoenix points out that, like, Desiree went and got the urn to, like, get him found innocent of the theft of it, right? And, like, she was, like, really dedicated to helping him and stuff like that. Um, So it turns out to be pretty cute in the end. And yeah, Desiree, like, really goes off excusing his actions and stuff because he's, like, chivalrous and he sends a calling card before he does any thefts. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. Those two rule. Those two are like my favorite. Yeah, like I said, minor characters in the game. Those two are very, very high up there for sure. Yeah, this case has like really great like new characters, I think. Yeah. Uh, and also like Andrews is like really cool on it. Yes. So yeah, overall I think like the cast of characters, including like God, is like interesting. So it's like an interesting zone as well for like a case that starts like, very differently and then kind of goes back to like the usual course. Yeah, it's weird, right? Because usually the second case is like really dramatic and really like plot relevant. Whereas this time they were like, oh, we have like a really dramatic and plot relevant first case where it's all about, you know, me and Phoenix. And now we're having one where like, I don't want to say it's filler, but you know, it's a lot more like minor characters. And I mean, it does feel, it feels a lot less tense right because you know it starts off mostly about theft yeah and it's just sort of more like you know it has that whole bit at the beginning where it's just like Maya and Pearl just hanging out and talking about Korean village and stuff <laughs> it's not filler but it's not like super super important which is weird for the second case but it's it's just like a really fun light-hearted like I don't know good case good case overall good case yeah um which leads us into the next case recipe for turnabout it has such a weird art like, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is going on. I, I couldn't even, like, begin to tell you what the case is about. Here is something that I will say about a recipe for a turnabout. I'm gonna try and find the biggest cliffhanger possible and let you know when <laughs> no, you're gonna have to cut. Okay. This one is, I think, about the same length as this case that we just did, right? Okay. And if you remember, I was like, I don't know whether we should split this or not. I don't think we should split the next one because I don't want to have to spend a bunch of time on it. <laughs> okay. We'll probably have a long episode. Like, we'll probably have a lot to talk about, but I don't want to break it up over what it will be a month of podcast. Do you know what I mean? True. Okay. So if you're okay with playing, like, you know, five or six hours, probably. No, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I just think we should keep it to one podcast because... There's one thing in particular that I'm just like, for God's sake, I don't want to have to hang out and talk about this for a long time. And the rest of the case I don't remember too well, but I don't think there's going to be anything that's like, this is going to take so long to talk about that we can't do it in one episode, you know? Okay, okay. So, in two weeks we will do the whole of Recipe for a Turnabout. And then, another season finale. No, we've got five five cases in this game. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so the next one, uh, like I said, is kind of long. And then the fourth case is short. So we'll definitely do that in one, but there, I think there'll be a lot to talk about. And then the fifth case is very long. So we'll have to see how long it is and we'll split it at least once. Okay. So yeah, we're just about halfway through, I think, um, in terms of we've done three episodes now and we will probably have three episodes left in terms of podcast, you know? True. Cool. So... Yeah, we're still we're still getting through trials and tribulations, but yes, this episode this this case was really nice, a really nice little lighthearted case. Love the delights. Very glad that we have got to meet them, having fun, getting to know Godo. Uh, what else? I'm enjoying trials and tribulations in Good. general. Yeah. Hopefully, the next case you will still think that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is right. I don't really remember. Like, so there's this one thing that's like taking over all of the other opinions that I might have right now. So I need to wait and see and like try and remember the rest because I just only remember this one thing that I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I mean, considering the art of the like cover or whatever, I can kind of see where that's going. The thing is, it's not even that. <laughs> oh, okay. It's kind. 
Like, that is also, like, anyway, it's fine. Here's what I'll say. Even if it sucks, firstly, I don't think it's as bad as Turnabout Big Top. I could be wrong about that. Um, I don't think it is, though. And secondly, even if it's really bad, the fourth case and the fifth case are amazing. So Oof. we'll get there. <laughs> okay. Um, great. Well, thank you so much for listening. Diego, did you have anything else to add about a uh, recipe for a Turnabout? Nope. That's the next one. <laughs> don't add anything on that yet. <laughs> Did you have anything else to add about uh, Stolen Turnabout? I'm looking at my notes and no. I think it was like a word around it, as you said, like lighthearted case. And it was it was great. It's not like yeah. nowhere as close to like being one of my favorites or anything like that. But it's, yeah, it was good. Cool. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening. I'm Jay Castello. You can find me on Twitter at JMCastello. And you can find the show at Breakdown AA. And you can find me uh, probably drinking coffee as as called on Twitter <laughs> at dearwisha six six. That's our word. Um, I have a, a pun that it's it's not great, it's not good, you, it's not you decent. Say that like it's not seventy five percent of the time. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I can't trust you anymore. <laughs> okay, so imagine <laughs> like the trial is over and like <laughs> the fucking this race. Like, okay, run, let's go. And they hop on the bike and they turn on the radio. And the radio, what, what is song? What's the song that's playing on the radio? Um, I do not know. It's Joker and the Thief by Wolfman. <laughs> <laughs> that one was good. Thank you. I don't think so, but. God. <laughs> I, I, I haven't I thought took about that song for a really long time. <laughs> um, good song. I don't know why it reminded me, like, look at me. It's fucking like Ray down animation I like how he says like he's a clown or whatever and he seemed a bit like the Joker for a bit <laughs> he, he does actually yeah and I was like okay the Joker and the Thief uh, yeah it's ship it. there yep ship it <laughs> I'm gonna go listen to that song now <laughs> <laughs> goodbye bye <laughs> fuck I somehow like when you say like, oh, what song with it isn't it? Whatever. I ch- I so I kind of try and guess. Like I'm not <laughs> expecting to actually get it. That one I had um like I had read you say the Joker and the Thief, and I thought it was funny, and I still didn't fucking guess it. <laughs> <laughs>